0: I'm Kate. And I'm Jessie. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. (laughs) Let's do this. And I'd always just wanted more like
1: platforms like this for my clients. So I would always say things like, oh, I wish there was, you know, a publication like this. I wish there was a place we could tell these kinds of stories.
2: Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily
0: create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. This is episode 139. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in. We would love to know what you think. For today's
2: episode, we're chatting about content creation for magazines, one of the original forms, I feel like, of content in this day and age, with one of our previous guests, Alessandra Polina of Quotable Media Company. But before we go any further, what are you drinking today, Jesse?
0: So... You'll laugh. The other day, uh, George was traveling for work. And so I was going to have myself a little girl's night by myself.
2: And I was like,
0: I was like, I want to make myself a little cocktail. So I literally, you know, took the stool over to the cabinet and climbed on the stool, got the, you know, to the booze cabinet. And I was like, oh crap, I don't have anything to like mix anything with, like anything good. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try gin with like a splash of water and like some lemon. And it was really good, really? <laughs> I mean, which is like, I guess very similar to like a gin and soda. It's yeah. just, yeah, it was cool. To- and I put some ice in it. I chilled it. And then, you know, I I strained it and it was, it was like perfect. It was so refreshing. I mean, you have to like gin and in order for yeah you to enjoy this beverage. But, um, yeah, if you don't have anything to mix it with, consider that.
2: Well, it's funny. It's funny you should say that because I am, uh, trying to use some stuff up in my fridge and i had this pignac rosé um that i've had for a very long time mm. <laughs> probably longer than i should because i haven't had a drink i haven't had a drink yeah. out of my fridge i should say in like a year more than a year and a half mm. um so it's been in there alex is actually able to get it open because the sugars and it was like made it stuck yeah uh but i still went for it and i you know what i mixed it with because it is like it's like a really really sweet like rose but there's like a pineapple-ish kind of flavor to it. it's weird yeah. um i like it but it's yeah it's weird um i also i mixed it with the polar seltzer toasted coconut um seltzer water mm. it was very good very
0: good. And so I still have I feel like more, you've so. mixed you've mixed a few things with that toasted coconut. I feel like you need a I I like, love coconut. They well, I feel like anything. everybody should maybe have that just on hand to drink by itself, but also as like a oh no. it's.
2: Sometimes I, when I'm drinking it, I, f- I do feel like I'm drinking like a cocktail because it's just delicious um, by, and in, by itself. But it is it is wonderful when you're mixing it with something because, yes, I have used it. I've used it to create mocktails. I've used it to create cocktails. It's it's fantastic. Again, well, not sponsored, but should be sponsored. Would be. I'm just saying, Polar, get in touch with me. Mm-hmm. All right. Ah well let's we we love talking with Alessandra Polina um and I'm very excited about this conversation about magazines cuz one of my dreams at one point when I was uh, you know learning to become a writer I was working to become a writer was to write for a magazine which now I am with uh, mm-hmm. quotable so wait, so you know you'll hear us we're actually both contributors to Uh, Quotable Magazine. So just full disclosure there. Um, But let's dive into that conversation that we had with Alessandra about uh,
0: print media. Alessandra Polina is the founder of Quotable Media Co., a PR media agency which works to elevate women-led brands and produces Quotable, a female entrepreneur podcast and Quotable Magazine. She also hosts PR workshops and educational programs for small business owners and runs the Female Founders of Boston Networking Group. Alessandra also sits on the board of the Massachusetts Chapter for the National Organizations for Women, MassNow, and was awarded the 40 Under 40 from Boston Business Journal in 2022. She's based in Boston, where she lives with her husband and her eight-year-old son. You can find her at Quotable Media co.com. And today we are so lucky to have her on the show because she's actually going to be talking to us about quotable magazine, how she started it, what it takes to produce a magazine and how she leverages it part of her content creation strategy. Alessandra, thank you so much for being on the show and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm
2: super excited to talk to you. Yes. We're actually having you back and I can't even remember what episode you were on, but it was quite a while ago.
0: Yes, um, you did have So we're on. excited
2: to have you back. Uh, so first off, before we get into what you've been up to over the past couple of years, uh, we must start off with what are you drinking today? Oh, yes. I love that you guys <laughs>
1: that. Um, I'm <laughs> drinking, because, you know, usually I don't have an excuse to drink in the middle of the day. But <laughs> I'm like, well, We're I not trying it. to encourage it, but,
0: you know. But it is cocktails in congregation.
1: Yeah, so fun. I'm drinking a canned Paloma. Uh, Ooh. Fruit Paloma. It's I don't know. It's uh, like Z Cobardes or something. It says it's not a brand I've ever heard of. Ooh. It's a story for a different day. But my husband is starting a tequila bar in Barbados, and it's going to oh, wow. be probably focused on Palomas. And so we're doing all the research.
2: And so yeah, it's research. The research includes tasting. Exactly. Mm, exactly. That's my kind of research. I must say. Yeah, all right. Pretty good. So he's starting a. He's starting a a what bar tequila bar mm-hmm. tequila barbados yes yeah. he's from there um
1: we're gonna hopefully have excuses to travel back more often <laughs> you can, <laughs> he's you've got
2: a place down there right
1: yeah we have a place down there um and obviously we spend most of our time in boston still so it's not like we're gonna we're not, he's not gonna be super hands-on um but i think we're definitely gonna be spending a little more time there in the next wow. couple of years um, but yeah, that's his like newest kind of project and really ours because I don't know, I can't not be part of it really. Of course.
2: I mean, you're yeah, helping like with he the research the right there. Stuff.
1: Right. I'm like, that's the research, the marketing, the branding, the, it's really like everything about getting it up and running. So yeah, that's, he's, he's married
2: to a PR expert. I mean, you gotta be involved right there. Essentially. Exactly. I'm like, I don't right. want to touch
1: anything once it comes to like making food or running, you know, the back of the house or anything <laughs> like that. But.
2: Fun stuff. Well, this 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 ties right into tell, you know, we, as I said, we had you on the show before, but tell us a little bit about um what it is that you do uh, and what you've been up to the past couple of years, other than, you know, this awesome new news that I think we're all going to have to go check out sometime in Barbados. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, as I said, another conversation for another day. I'm sure we can. <laughs> I probably came on to talk about PR before um, because, yeah, mm-hmm. I have a PR agency and media company and the media side of things is much newer. I've had the PR agency for 11 years now. Um and we kind of rebranded and added the media side of things. Um I think almost 3 years ago now. I think it was like in 2020 that we kind of did the rebrand and launched the magazine at that time. I had also done um you know hosted my own podcast for a couple years before that and then we kind of that kind of became part of the media side too. But yeah, that's that's what I said as um I mean, that's what I do. As Jesse said in the intro, the Quotable magazine um, and the Quotable Female Entrepreneur podcast are on that side of things. So, as a whole, I say I I work to elevate female founders so that they are better positioned to make their mark on the world. Um, And everything that we kind of
2: do through Quotable essentially leads there. Okay. Well, it is quite an all encompassing kind of entity. So first off, we're, well, today we're going to really focus on the magazine. Um, And Jesse and I, we should just let everybody know that we are also contributors to Quotable Magazine. We've contributed articles in the past. So just complete Mm -hmm. um, uh, transparency there. But my question is, why did you decide, like, can you share that moment of when you decided that you wanted to create a magazine?
1: Um, I I think so. I feel like I don't know if I can pinpoint the exact moment it, to be honest. Like it's one of those things. Like I literally like created print, like newsletters for my family when I was like little, like when I was a kid, like I've always had kind of like that idea of like loving a print publication, loving to like share news and like putting things together in that way. I don't think that I ever, um, I can't remember the actual moment where I was like, we should actually like print our own magazine, like real magazine as like from quotable, like as an adult and as part of the business, I just think it's something I was like, kind of always I thought about like for a while, probably like it kind of kept coming up as like, wouldn't it be cool? You know? And also like probably never really didn't really think it was like a thing to really pursue, but I'd always, you know, as I said, I'd, I guess I had the PR agency for probably like eight years or so. But at that point, or something like that, um, and I'd always just wanted more like platforms like this for my clients. So I would always say things like, "Oh, I wish there was, you know, a publication like this. I wish there was a place we could tell these kinds of stories for our clients." Um, and then also, I would say on top of that too, probably. I'd been doing the podcast for a couple of years and was kind of like, these conversations deserve more too. like, just wanting to kind of give more legs to the things I was already doing. And also I could only record so many podcast episodes, as you guys know, like it's a lot to like record in a year. And also like, you're not going to put out more than one or, you know, I know some people put out like two or three episodes a week, but still it's like, it's limited. And I was kind of like, we could... some of these conversations and stories to print and be able to just cover so much more. So I think it was kind of like a combination of all of those things coming together after like years of kind of having those thoughts. I do remember like it was definitely in 2020. And I know we moved pretty quickly on it. Like once I decided to do it, like we did it. So I, I do have like this one memory of really like talking about it and thinking about it. Um, While well, I was like standing out on my front deck, like during the summer of 2020, it was like COVID. We'd all been home for a long time and like being like, I'm going to like really do the magazine. So, so that might be the moment, but like, I, yeah, I mean, I think it was a long
0: time coming long compiled time to that time. final yeah, decision. Yeah, it's not like to I was like, hey, road.
1: let's just do this thing in this one second, like where yeah.
0: came
1: So, yeah, sorry. That's like way
2: more like deep. That is the, moment. that is the, what you explained is the moment. So. That works for us. My question, my next question is, though, why, why actually do print? Because I mean, there's plenty of online magazines. And there's even ways to like, make something, you know, look like a magazine online, Mm -hmm. you know, people get all fancy. Why, why do you actually print magazine? Like, what, what compelled you to keep up with that?
1: I, I think, you know, it's a very different reading experience. Like even when you kind of flip through those like virtual magazines or whatever, where it's like you can flip and it goes like and you hear the page and everything, but it's like you're <laughs> still reading that on a screen. It's just, I just personally love print so much like honestly like I just love it and I, and I know so many people say that too like other people love it too I know a lot of the rest of the world would have you believe otherwise like there's no reason for it but so many people just really do love it and I just think like in all my years as a PR person I had seen like that reaction to to print to getting coverage in print everyone is just the most excited by it. Like I don't care if it's a much smaller magazine than like, you know, you could get an online piece in something that sounds much bigger that you know has like a much bigger readership, you know, that you know is more well known. People are still more excited to to be in a print publication. There's just something about it and I don't know if it's because, you know, and maybe I'm dating myself like you know, we're used to that from, when we were young, like we read magazines and stuff, like maybe mm-hmm. for the younger generations, it's not going to have that same feel. But so far I've seen that it still does. So for me, it's like, that's why I wanted to do it. Like I was just, I want to create that experience for people. I feel like the, I think, I think there's something about like that concreteness, like print is just forever. Like, you know, things also move so fast online. Like you'll be on a homepage for a couple of hours and then it's already gone and on to the next thing and it I love, you know, I love all kinds of coverage. I'm a PR person. You'll have that link forever, but there's, you know, you, you'll have that print magazine on your shelf. You know, you can pull that out and show your children, your grandchildren like there's just something in that to me. And I've had several women tell me that, you know, like in, in the year, like we've been doing it now, I guess, almost three years, like two and a half years. And like a, several women have said, like, I'm just so glad that like my daughter gets to see me like on the pages of a magazine. And like, mm-hmm. to me, like, and it's because they have, you know, it's just, it is powerful. And I've even had like somebody at the, um, at the launch party that we did earlier this summer for the summer issue. was like, you know, this was the first, uh, said something like, you know, this is the first print issue, uh, the first print, um, feature my brand has gotten. And I was just like, something about hearing like the way she said, like the first, like, you know, like she knows now that there are more to come. Like, I just think it really like helps you see the possibilities because you get excited by that. Like I am, you know, a brand that is, can be featured in a print publication. Like to me, that's just the feeling that I want people to get to have. And I feel like if we could create that and, and let people see those possibilities, let people see that, like, there's more where that comes from too. your brand is, is capable of this and so much more. And I just think that, you know, if we can help create that, why not? Like,
2: I just think the world needs more publications like that. So that's kind of where it came from. I totally agree. I remember, I actually remember like bringing home the first magazine that I ever bought and just feeling like, Ooh, that feeling of being able to open it up and check it out. And I think it was like, Teen people, which is really dating myself because that has not existed for several years. Um, but I remember that. I think like Jennifer Love Hewitt was on the cover. <laughs> Does anybody remember her? I'm not so sure. Right. Um but you know, it's it's funny that you should say, you know, being able to show your daughter that because actually, the first time I wrote for you guys, I submitted a picture that Jesse took of our my me and my daughter. So the two of us are actually in the magazine together which is really fun. And it's funny because even though I studied journalism and I've had my name in print several times for like when I've written for newspapers and everything, it was the first time I'd had like my picture in a magazine. And that was, it was really thrilling. It was really exciting. Um, Had you So you mentioned your PR experience. Had you had experience in like publishing or creating a print um, outlet in the past? I mean, how'd you go about the logistics for this? Not really. I mean, besides my
1: family newsletter. when I'm That's adorable. Um, well, actually, then I did one for my friends a little later. Um, <laughs> no, I think I had had like, you know, I'd had experience with like creating and printing materials, you know, for clients and on the client side of things like marketing materials and event materials, things like that, but never really never an actual magazine. Um, I think that I'd seen a lot, you know, just from being on the PR side, like I knew a lot about like how magazines worked, I guess, Um, you know, in terms of like, timelines and, you know, content calendars and how they do some of that stuff to a certain extent. But um, I'd never like logistically actually like printed a magazine or gotten something printed on that scale. But I just kind of thought about like, okay, what do I want it to look like? Like, what is it? What do we need? Right? Like, what kind of articles do we want to have what kind of help will we need in terms of creating all of that what kind of images content and the timelines like how to, what what's the plan kind of and then um went to google you know that's what everyone tells me on my podcast too like i, I just i started googling <laughs> and i found you know printing companies printing options like depending on the papers that you wanted and what you wanted the look and feel to be like um so I, that's really what i did i just looked up printing companies and, um, got like, they would send like a sample pack kind of in the mail. So you could see like what the papers actually like felt like and things like that. Um, and then like logistically, like online too, I was redoing my website. Like, so that was, it was the same time that I was doing the rebrand for the company. So I was redoing the website because I mean, yes, online is part of this. We do publish everything online as well. A lot of people do read the magazine online, even though we love the the print aspect. Um, so I just kind of had that built into, to the update of the website. Um, so we had like a magazine page on there and made sure it, you know, had the look and feel that we wanted on for the online version too, because I guess that's another
0: piece
2: of it. Well, I know that, that would be so um, exciting to me.
0: And we're going to get into some of like the details on like the tools that you use to actually like lay it out, because I know some people are like, well, how do you actually like nitty gritty lay everything out? And like, what do you use? And if someone wanted to get started, but before we jump into that, you know, I, I think the content is really important, right? Like what it actually is contained in a magazine. And you, you talked a lot about, why you started this. And I think your why sort of feeds into the actual content that you are putting in your magazine. So how do you, how do you maintain, I guess, how do you create your content calendar or how do you help your contributing writers and your in-house writers and come up with those topics and also like keep it fresh and like something new and that's like not repetitive. How do you do that with your team?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think um you know because as you as you mentioned like like we always knew we were going to have a very specific niche, right? Like we're we're focused on female entrepreneurship and women leaders. Like all of our content like has that as the main kind of driving um force. So it's not like we're like jumping all over the place. I mean, although what I found is you can be surprised how how many things can relate, right? Like because like as female entrepreneurs, we're also like living life. So there are a lot of things that can like have a connection if you want to. Um but we knew we wanted to really focus on like interviews and like real behind the scenes features and stories about women and their brands and how they're doing what they're doing. So like we knew, you know, we wanted to have a mix within that, but we were never going to be like the breaking news kind of outlet. Like we don't really You know, we're not necessarily staying up with like what's trending right now. Like, of course, we want things to relate to the time of year. Things that are new is always fun. But one thing I really always did say was, I mean, again, as a PR person, that's one of the things that always kind of like bothers me is that so many news outlets. I mean, as like so many publications, even if they're not technically like news news outlets. It's all about what's new. It's all about like, there has to be some launch, like they don't see something as timely or important unless there is like that timely hook to it. And I always felt like there were so many stories not getting the attention that they deserved or could use because of that. Because maybe I'm not doing something new. Maybe I've had my company for 10 years, but I can still give a great interview. I can still inspire somebody to do something cool tomorrow because of what they hear me say about my experience running my business or the things that I'm doing. And That was the thing. I I felt like we needed more opportunities for people to just tell, like, here's how I'm doing this. And here's how I did this. And here's what I've overcome without it being like, here's something that was brand new or I'm launching my business right now. I find so much more value in a business that's been around for a while. Like, let's talk to the people who have had their business for five years, who've built a brand for 10 years. You're going to learn a lot more than someone who's launching their business today. Like they don't even know anything yet. Like, I mean, sorry, (laughs) they might know a lot of things, but like... (laughs) I don't have that experience of this business, like, you know, being underway and what comes with that. So I think there's a lot more value there. So not necessarily more, like you can still get good value from other kinds of stories, but I, that's where I really like to spend time. Um, but that being said, you know, we do like to keep a a mix. We have certain categories. We do that, that kind of guide the content and we do those interviews. We do have like a kind of life and work kind of category, um, business and finance kind of category things that like you know depending on what you're in the mood for you know we have a growth category it might be like less like nitty gritty business related but things that are like helping you grow as a person or in in your professional career so we kind of approach it from that sense and say okay let's make sure we have a good mix of these different types of topics um i feel like we just keep on top of it pretty like i just feel like i have such a memory of every and i have a terrible memory so it's a weird thing for me to say but i just feel like we're always working on the next issue when it feels like we just finished the last one, or honestly, like we're still working on the last one. And then we're working on the next one. And it's like, I just have such a memory of like what we've covered in like every issue. Like I remember every article, I feel like that's been published since we've done started the magazine. So um, I just feel like, you know, when pitches come in or, or people suggest a topic, I kind of can remember if we've covered something too similar. And if not, you know, again, it's like, there's only, there's, there's so many different things within those categories that you can cover. And if it's a great story or it's, it's actionable, it's informative, it's inspiring. Like that's great. You know? And, and we do keep track, we do keep
2: track of everything in like Google sheets. Like
1: <laughs> we have every issue. <laughs> well, that's kind of, good to know. Like Which is, so We know the
0: actual exact yeah. topic. Yeah. Which
2: is searchable. So you can look for keywords and all that.
0: Um yeah,
2: I'm sure and as then it is longer, we'll need we'll need that more because I don't
1: expect to remember everything.
0: Right. And then um, you know, thinking about seasonality. I think when you guys are working with your in-house writers and your contributor writers, I'm assuming sometimes seasonality comes into play. Like you might yeah. want, like, I don't know, thinking about the topic of finance, like, oh, it's tax season and like how to prepare for tax season as like a female, you know entrepreneur whatever so i'm assuming yeah. that comes into play or you try and you know maybe um you know leverage seasonality to to create that almost that timely like factor that does draw people in sometimes
1: yeah and also just to keep it interesting to read you know like like yeah if we know for a summer issue like we try to have more like summary featured focused pieces like how to kind of relax, even if you're still busy working, right? Like things like that, that yeah. people do kind of want to think about and like, and, and, and be intentional about, I think during that time of year. So we do try to kind of have those seasonal themes and we have done some themed issues too. Like, obviously we just, we just did like the Boston focused issue for summer. Um, we did another issue that was themed. And I'm like forgetting now, (laughs) but we haven't done them all themed, Um, but that kind of has made it fun sometimes too, just to like have more of a focus. I think we did the money, it was a money issue we did. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, I think that helps just make people be like, I I really want to read this right now.
0: Yeah. Now, um, okay. So when you're thinking about like the content that you want to create, you know, do you have someone on your team that's putting this together or like? Do you have some, you know, company that like you send all the material to, and they put the magazine together? Like who? Like let's talk about logistically how this starts to happen. Yeah. Um. So you mean like design wise? Like what's yeah going on yeah exactly? How do you lay it out? Who's putting yeah. it? You know who's you know who's taking the articles that are written and putting them into the magazine format? And how are you doing that? Um. So how do we you have- fit it
2: all in and that stuff
1: yeah we have a designer who does the actual layout of the pages so she's a freelance designer she's not technically in-house with me um but she's been doing all these all these issues I think the first two or three we actually did do solely in-house I had someone at the time who was actually like really great with graphics she was actually our intern um and she helped me lay out the first, couple issues. Um, and then I was like, this is crazy. We shouldn't be doing this anymore. And like, she wasn't going to be with me forever. And I was like, I can't be doing this all the time. We honestly used Canva at the beginning. The first couple issues were yeah. in Canva, which I don't necessarily recommend. There were some issues with it. Um, just in like, you know, if you use a slightly fancier and maybe there were even ways I could have worked it out in Canva. I don't just don't even know, but like things like, Changing certain formatting across the whole do- document, rather than like having to move certain things on each page. Certain things with spacing sometimes can get funny with Canva, things like that. Like where I just felt like I was wasting like a lot of time <laughs> making it as specifically the way I wanted it as as it as it could. Whereas like if we used an actual design pro like you know it's a higher end design program, it would have been a lot easier. Or just maybe had someone who was better at it than me. <laughs> Um, so we do outsource that now. And we do a lot of it internally, though, before that. So we again, we use like Google for everything. So we have like a Google Drive folder for the magazine, and we upload all of the final articles. we We edit and proofread everything first internally. Um we have like three people. Edit everything to make sure there's no like mistakes or typos, things like that. Um, so it goes through almost all of us <laughs> internally first. And then when it's considered ready, it goes into the Google folder with, um, that the designer has access to. Um, and then same with like, you know, sometimes we have to source photos. Sometimes people will have a photo that they submitted with the article, or if it was an interview, we have them provide images. Um, So same thing, we add those into the folder and she has access to that. Sometimes we will use like stock imagery if need be to supplement a piece. And we'll also pull and source that ourselves and put those into the folder right there for her too. Um, And then, yeah, she designs it out of there. And then I work really closely with her still after that. I'm like, there's just always copy edits even after that or or, or actual, actual layout edits after that. So I'm like extremely specific. I always find things like it takes several rounds of like looking at something before I'm like, yeah, it's good. And that's something I need to figure out. Maybe another <laughs> editor to help me with that because I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this all the time myself, but I swear anytime I have someone else do it. I still find mistakes myself when I take the final look. So I'm like, you know what? I am just going to do it. i am just so particular about like things being exactly where I want them to be and stuff like that. So, um logistically, yeah, she she designs it. We we get it printed at this this company Mixum, which we just upload the file essentially and they print all of it on their end. They send a pro- they they send a digital proof. It's not I I never see it. Ever that and that's probably why i'm a little crazy about like that
2: <laughs> <laughs> um i'm right so with you there
1: print it and ship it um to us and then um you know all in one box and then obviously we have to ship it out to subscribers or people who order the issue i usually do that now because we don't have an office we're fully remote so i usually have them shipped to me and i send them out or one of my team members if they're around um like i know at least maybe two issues ago like my, one of my team members was around and I had seen her like right after the magazines came. So I gave them to her and she shipped them out. Um, but yeah, so that's, and then again, like the online side of things, we have a webmaster who puts up the articles online, according to the online schedule, we kind of drip them out online afterwards. So logistically those go up um, usually after the print issue has come out, but not, not always. Sometimes something goes up online first before it's actually shipped. I think those are all the like details of like how we actually put it together.
0: Is there yeah, anything? That there's a thinking? lot. There's a lot that goes Added into a lot. it. No, I think it makes, I think that makes sense. I did have one um, question, but I actually feel like, Oh, um, so that's really interesting. That <laughs> seems like a lot, like it's a lot of work. So like when you are ordering your, your print copies, do you know, like, from the company, do you know how many you need? Or, like, what if someone mm-hmm. orders, like, an issue, like, after, I guess, the initial shipment? Do you just, like, order a la carte from them?
1: And we order... I always order a lot, I think. Um, we... I try to get people to pre-order. That doesn't always happen. Obviously, we know, like, we have, like, our subscriber list. So we have kind of, like, the yeah. base list. We know how many people contributed to that issue. And, like, if they're going to want to copy, usually... Um, and otherwise, yeah, it's scary. I
0: don't, is there <laughs> like, a minimum? Is there a minimum with this company? No, that you have to I order? I don't think so. I think oh, that's it's, good. Little as
1: possible. Yeah, pricing goes and, up a little. I think the you know the less you order, but I could right. always go back. And then of course the shipping is like the more most expensive part. So like I'd hate to. Um, although I'm sure they would just put it in like an envelope or something if it was. Only a few extra copies, but I'm always a little nervous about that because I'd hate to say we sold out. Although, like, I mean, that does happen. It's not the end of the world. If, if we say we sold out, you can't order this, this issue anymore. What they have just started doing, I will say. I've actually never even tried this yet or tested it, but I have seen that they've just started offering it. Is that you can actually order straight through the website? So, like, they've given me a link for each issue where you could go on and order a copy, like, through my link, and they would print a copy and ship it straight to you. I think it's like a lot more expensive because they're like doing a one off, but yeah, if you really wanted a copy and knew that you needed to get it, um, I could, I could, I've been playing around with like, should I start sharing that link or. Would I only do that, like, if I really did run out of issues and someone really needed, you know, that issue, it is an option, which is nice. Let's face it, running out of
2: copies would be a good thing, I think, in a way.
1: Right. I always, like, try, I mean, and I've, I've, I'm really impressed with how well we've done. Because we have, we've ordered more copies of certain issues, mostly because, like, so we had, we did, like, an issue where we were, um, they were gonna put them in a goodie bag of a, a conference, a local like business entrepreneurship conference. So we ordered way more copies of that one, knowing, you know that we had this additional amount on top of our regular amount. Mm. Um, and and you know, I've ended up making it make sense. And of course, when we had our issue launch party for the Boston issue, I ordered way more copies of that issue than I maybe would have because we were giving one to everybody at the event. And I also knew there was going to be a lot more buzz around this issue. Um, and what was I going to say about that? Well, when I know that there's like, I also have, I've been like strategically using those events as like excuses though, too, for advertisers. And so kind of being like, Hey, we know you're going to get in front of this additional audience. So mm-hmm. because we're just starting to get some advertising going in the magazine. Um, and that was something I was really trying to start pushing in the last couple of issues. So that was kind of how we did it. Because essentially, I'm like, I'm happy to order a bunch more copies if like the cost is going to be covered, <laughs> you know, so it kind of was an excuse to get advertisers on board and then also gave us the capital to order a lot more extra copies and thereby getting the ad in front of yeah. more people. So well, the sort of really. to
0: like the next question that we have about yeah. costs, like what sort of costs are involved in, I mean, I know a lot of it probably has to be like labor costs, right? Like you guys are actually like taking time. You've got to pay your employees to, you know, do a lot of this work, but what else is involved?
1: I mean, yeah, the, the designer, the cost to print is more than you might, might think. It's more than I thought it was going to be. Um, it's there's, So, yeah, there's outsourcing the design to the designer. There's um, just our internal, like, I don't even keep track of that as much as I probably should. But, yeah, internal help and and our time, Um, the printing costs and shipping from the printer to us. It ends up being, like, about $10 an issue, essentially, with, like, the amount that I've been Printing and again, knowing like probably if I was ordering like thousands more copies, that would go down a little bit. But by the time you think about the the print of printing of like one single issue and the ship, you know, dividing the shipping of the boxes to me. Um, and then obviously I'm shipping them to the people who order them. Um, which is a couple dollars each. Usually it's like three or four. It depends. The post office seems to be changing things all the time. But that should, you know, that should be covered by the cost of purchasing the magazine or or subscribe. You know, if somebody subscribes, they're essentially paying for their shipping costs and the subscription price. Um, so that's not really an extra cost, I guess. Um, I think the only other thing like would be. Adver- like if we're going to advertise for more views, like advertising the mag- like to get subscribers, or you know boosting a post on Facebook or something to try to get more clicks to the article. We haven't done much of that, but I want to do more of that. Um, it's something we're looking into more. Obviously, it's not like a requirement. You can start a magazine without advertising, but
0: right. And if yeah. someone wanted to just keep it fully online, that would you know maybe right. just a digital oh, yeah. magazine at first. Um that would
1: be fully online. I mean, there's a lot of digital like options too for getting like those flip throughs that do look pretty much like uh, you know, layout wise of a magazine. And I I think there are even some like I don't know, there might be some free options. There's definitely low cost options for that, depending on like the capabilities that you want. Um, so yeah, you could do it honestly for like your time. And I mean, I still think you should have a designer lay it out unless you're great by yourself. Unless you're the designer also. Right. right, And I mean, I think it also depends like how many, how many of your articles are contributed versus how many are you having to write in house or like from, you know, other writers, how are you sourcing the actual content? Because, um, you know, that can obviously drastically Contribute. change. We try to get as much contributed as possible, partly because that's part of our whole mission is, is to be this platform. So like, as you said, Kate, like your article was you know, it's, you're, you're sharing your expertise in your article. So it's less like, look at my brand. Here's what I've, my brand has done. And it's more like, Mm -hmm. here's how you can also do this thing. And that's the way that you're sharing your expertise through an article. Even if, you know, even if you're not trying to sell something to people, like, obviously none of the articles are selling something to people, but like, you know, you could be like, here's my canned Paloma and here's how I started that company or whatever. Like, here's what it offers to you. Or you can, and it's kind of like, or or it's us saying like, here's a cool Ken that we love, right? But you writing as an expert, it's getting you a byline, showing your expertise, content that you can then use elsewhere in your other marketing, in your website, whatever, um, to share your expertise. And that is being that platform for that too, for, for yeah. being a place for you to share your content. And... So we want that. We want to encourage that as much as possible because that's creating a place for other people's content to get, to get sh- shared in that way. So we like to have as much, and, and all, also obviously then that's a piece we don't have to write ourselves, you know? Right. It's like exactly. Yeah.
2: No. And it's funny because I just actually got an alert from Instagram that you guys posted about my, one of my pieces. I'm, just, I'm looking <laughs> at it right now, funny enough. Yay. Oh, so, <laughs> it automatic. just, it just popped up a minute ago.
0: So we probably just went up, but, um, yeah, so, well, so, okay. So we're, we've started to like segue into our, our last sort of question to wrap up the conversation mm-hmm. is, you know, about content creation how do you use this? Cause this podcast is all about content creation. How do you leverage if at all you may, maybe it's just doesn't tie in at all. Um, yeah to creating sort of content that will attract maybe more of your own PR clients. Like do you find that having the magazine is sort of a conduit to attract some of more of your service-based PR clients for that branch of your business?
1: I think it's hard to say. Like I honestly don't really strategize that or track it as much as i probably could. Um i kind of but i do i think of the magazine as essentially like marketing like i do think of the costs associated as like marketing costs for the company as a whole in a way because you know it's getting us out there in a different in a different way. It's not like i'm you know people can totally read the magazine and not know that we have a pr agency side to the company. Um but I, I see it, it does like build our brand, right? Like I think that the magazine very much encompasses everything that, as a brand, we stand for. And I mm-hmm. do have people come to me for like a consultation for PR and say like, "I've just seen everything you guys do, and I want to be a I want to be a part of it. Like I want to work with you because I love what you guys do and what you stand for." So I think like in a more abstract way, it kind of does come back to that, even though it's not like I have some kind of funnel where I'm like, okay, we put out this magazine and we know, you know, then we get it in front of these kinds of people and then they're going to book a consultation call with us for PR or something like that. Um, but I think doing things like like being able to do the issue launch party, like those things that are kind of fun and get us out there more and get conversation going around the city, if it's just locally. Um Gets us in front of a lot more people, gets those conversations going. So I think there is something to be said for that. It's more about that marketing, networking, brand building piece of it for me. And as like, I mean, not that this is great business advice, but as I've alluded to, like, I just love it. Like, I think a lot of it is just like, I would want to do it anyways, you know, like, and I kind of almost feel like the, the agency side of things is what's made it possible to do this mm-hmm. thing. Probably was really just like a dream on on my heart no matter what um so not that that's the best business advice to do something like that but you know
2: for me it keeps you interested in everything you know it's like a passion project right there and if we didn't have passion would we be interested in anything that we do no absolutely not
0: so i would think it also validates your in a way it you know Validates the work that you do because a magazine is a form of PR. And like, I feel like it maybe ties in a little bit more than you think it does because it yeah. sort of showcases that you're knowledgeable about getting mm. the word out for brands. Um, so you're doing that directly um, within your own channel and you're capable of doing that and you're capable of, you know, understanding what type of content should be out in the world. I agree. Apply that to other media outlets as well for your yeah, clients. Yeah. So, I would say
1: definitely. Yeah. It definitely like shows what we can do. Kind of, I would say two things too. One, one on the one hand, we also, and I sometimes bring this up to people like, like we're on the receiving end of a lot of these pitches. Like most of the content that is that that's not written by us um, is pitched to us. Most of the interviews were pitched to us by other PR people um so there's a lot of like oh how are you know we really see like what does a good pitch look like and like how do on the receiving end of that what does it feel like and how does that all work and it really does like some like every once in a while we try to try to regularly kind of bring my team in the back end of like the the magazine kind of stuff and see like here's what the you know email inbox looks like like skim through see like some pitch that like maybe like it would seem fine. Like if you wrote this pitch, you'd think like, yeah, that's a fine pitch, but like, just, it's just such a different like mindset when you're on the receiving end of it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm like, what was this person really trying to get across? Like, what is the actual story? Like, yes, an introduction kind of to your, you know, really cool sounding expert is great, but like, I don't have time to like go through <laughs> and do research. Like, I don't, you wish this person just told us what exactly the story is that this person could tell or what exactly the main takeaway would be, you know, from this, from yeah. their tips. That's and, and so
0: interesting. Yeah. That
1: and be Like, here's how it feels when you're on the other end of the pitch can be really, really powerful. So I think we, we do we actually like, learn.
2: That.
1: It almost keeps us like up with like the yeah. trends of, other people are doing too on the PR side, like without having that to actually so do research or even like interact with other agencies in that way. Cause we are seeing, we're seeing like, oh, people are starting to do things like this now. Oh, everybody's sending like this kind of pitch in this exact same format. That's super boring. Like somebody probably used <laughs> it that way. It doesn't stand out anymore. Like let's make sure we do it differently. Things like that have been, I think really helpful and cool. Um, and then the other thing I was going to mention just when you said that too. You know, we we just just this summer we started a small package um, on the PR side that does include getting an immediate article in the magazine. And there's there's such a fine line. I almost like don't know if I should even say this or if I was going to put that in the package because there's such a fine line between editorial and like advertising or pay to play that I would never want somebody to be like, oh, we're paying you as a PR agency and like I have to pay you in order to get in the magazine because. No, we do not ever do. I mean, we have one sponsored section, and it's very clear that that's a sponsored section. Um, we never want to be like a pay to play kind of thing where it looks like a real article, but really you've paid to get that coverage. Yeah. only cover yeah. editorial. Any, any story you see in there, any interview you see in there is because we thought that that person really deserved to be in there. We thought the story was useful and worthwhile, not because they paid us. And we're never going to do that. That's just like a PR ethics thing. kind of on my side, if there's money exchanging hands, it's an advertisement It's or it's like a sponsored post, they say these days, sponsored article. Um, but that being said, we would also never work with someone on the pure side who we don't think would deserve to be in the magazine, like, cause we only want to represent and work with people who we already think like who we think are yeah. right, in that way. So it's kind of, it's just kind of like a perk of being part of our yeah. community that we can get you in there fast. You know, maybe we already have been booked up for that issue, but like, we can squeeze you in to the next issue or at least, you know, whatever makes sense. So, so that's like the un- only other piece I would say is like, I have been kind of using that to like, Kind of offer a little, almost like a value, bonus,
0: like a little bonus for when they want to
1: work mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. yeah, so that that's a whole nother like conversation in itself too, like the whole like editorial versus <laughs> pay to play kind of thing. Um, so I'm like a little. I'm very specific about that. Yeah. But yeah, that's the other place where I've kind of been like, here's another perk of working with us is that you yeah. get access to our community and to our audience that's already sort of built in here of, of other female entrepreneurs. And if that's your audience, then you know we've already got them here and we can yeah. get you in front
0: of them really
2: easily and quickly.
1: That's
2: that makes it. sense to me. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, well, that, that being okay. said, where can people find you to learn more about how they could work with you or learn more about the magazine if they have a story they would like to pitch.
2: Or to buy the magazine too.
0: Or to buy uh, the magazine.
1: Great point. Yeah, I would love all of those things. Um, <laughs> website is quotablemediaco.com. And the magazine you can find straight from the homepage, but it's quotablemediaco.com slash quotable dash magazine. Um, but I'm going to have a, there's a, there will be a separate page. If you go just to quotable slash cocktails and content creation all spelled out. Um, that's where people could just go there. You'll I'll put all of that information so people can find, um, how to subscribe or buy an issue. I would love that. I would love for you to subscribe um, if you haven't yet to the print issue, but also I'll put information there for here's how you can contribute an article if you want to. And, and just some details on like, say, you know, say that this podcast sent you and we'll make sure that you, that we look at your email right away and that you get kind of bumped to the top of the list. Cause we love cocktails and content creation. Um, And you, and, and Jesse and Kate, both of you. So um, I would say people should just go there. I mean, of course you can find us on Instagram um quotable media co and quotable magazine we have two separate accounts and then um shameless plug personally i would say <laughs> i get out there i'm trying to try, try out the new threads um I me when this comes out. So I made, so, so as you might've heard, my, my, the account is just Quotable Media Co. I never have had like a personal account on like Instagram or, I mean, I think I did once years and years ago, but I have no idea. I've never really used a personal account. <laughs> I had a private account. I remember. And then I, I don't know how to even get into it or I don't know. I haven't used it ever since I had my business, I guess. So I did make a Threads account, which is I am Alessandra Polina and I'm trying to, that's kind of more my like personal brand. Yay! like. Digital presence. So if people want to connect mm. with me personally, try that. I only have like two followers so far, so we can really follow you.
2: <laughs> I will, I will also find okay. you on there. I, like, although I may have already been one of those followers. I'm not sure. I
1: hope so. I hope so. The way they did it, it like hooked automatically to your Instagram account. So since I didn't yep. have an Instagram account, I mean, like we, I did that we have quotable media co on there too. Um, but like also all of our followers went there and then I was like, but now if I want to start an account like that, I didn't already have on Instagram. It's like where there's no one there.
2: <laughs> no fathers, but yeah, you'll get there. That'll you'll be get there. Um, <laughs>
0: there so. Well, this conversation has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. I think um, yes. it's something that I think our audience may not have like had at the forefront of their minds, but I think like, it's really interesting um, as People continue to want to put content out in the world and get stories told and, you know, leverage the opportunity that a magazine can bring. I think um, this conversation is going to be worthwhile for them to hear.
1: Yeah, me too. I hope somebody feels inspired. And yeah, I would say the one takeaway would be like, you couldn't literally, you could get like five copies printed if you wanted to. Like it doesn't have to be a huge thing. So I think that you can get really creative with getting content offline. Um, so just just in what you just said made me think of that. And like, yeah, that's like, what a cool way to stand out to your clients or your audience if you had their mailing address and could ship them something like around the holidays or something. and I love it. Really,
2: one of them. It. I might be asking you for that printing information because I got I have some ideas I have some ideas so well Al- yeah. Sandra, thank you so much for coming on the show we love chatting with you we love quotable just and uh we'll uh we'll have to have you back on the show and chat so- about something else oh my gosh absolutely thank you guys Friends. so much thank
0: Thanks. you so I loved hearing the story. Um, I don't know, maybe I always just enjoyed the the storytelling piece of how people come up with ideas or how they started their business. And so I, you know, I, I similarly enjoyed hearing the story of Alessandra talk about the magazine and how she had this vision for it and how she really uses it to support a lot of her brand's, you know, values um, within that. So, um, you know, I know she talked a lot about, you know, she talked a lot in this episode and give us some really valuable information. So I don't want to, you know, leave this with too much, but one of the big things that, um, that I really enjoyed listening about because I've heard of people wanting to start magazines is talk about the process of creating it and how it, there is a lot that goes into it, but that you can simply start with even just using Canva. So again, you know, a lot of our co- like our a lot of our guests here always talk about sometimes things feel like a big production, but if you think about it in simple terms, you can literally just start with Canva and find an online printing company that maybe has a minimum print order and get it done like relatively cheap if you end up, you know, doing a lot of the layout and writing yourself.
2: Yeah, I always appreciate learning that there is a way to do things without making, as you said, that big production of it. Because sometimes it—it's especially and when it comes to me with like my ADHD, if something seems too overwhelming, I'm not going to do it. Um, so starting kind of on the smaller side, simple, then and, and where you know building it up, it—it it goes to show you you don't have to have some kind of fancy software. Fancy printing company, fancy anything to get something done in this industry or any, you know, any kind of creative industry. And that's, I think, one of the things I love so much about being a content creator is that is that you can really do it out of anything. Mm-hmm. Um. So that being said, thanks so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. You can follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation, and you can email us, creation at gmail.com. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and review our show. We would love to hear what you're thinking. I'm Kate Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram at FashionablyKate Co.
0: And I'm Jessie Wyman. You can follow me at Jesse Wyman Photos. Make sure to tune in next time for another great episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail.
2: And happy content creating.